This is Let Your Voice Be Heard right here on WHCR 90.3 FM, the voice of Harlem. We are back on Let Your Voice Be Heard on 90.3 FM WHCR, the voice of Harlem. If you are just tuning in, this is Stanley Fritz with Selena Hill and Alyssa Fuchs. And we just finished having our news roundup where we talked about our favorite news topics throughout the week. This week, we talked about the Bundy ranchers who held the federal office in Portland, Oregon hostage when they were charged for stopping federal workers. They were all not guilty. We also talked about the Dakota Pipeline protesters who are being shot with rubber bullets, who are being hit with tear gas, and who are being thrown in prison as we speak and we also talked about um renee davis renee davis rest in peace as well as the donald trump supporter who committed voter fraud <laughs> to prove to see if voter fraud was a real thing good going boo boo wow congratulations really you smart yourself. in the basket you go that's right <laughs> for real like now she has five years in jail it's horrible well possibly you know she possibly. might get off if she, she gets might get acquitted too oh wow yep so guys we are switching gears now after spending the first half of the show trying to figure out why the republican party is going through a civil war shout out to our guest john burnett who was on here we are going to be talking about the affordable care act what about the affordable care act well for the last eight to, i don't know yeah seven eight years republicans have said that the affordable care act is a disaster it is going to implode it is going to fail and every single year they said this it was wrong or it was just not really successful every single year they said it was going to be a disaster the following year and it didn't happen until well apparently now so if you have been living under a rock you might not know that the obamacare health insurance premiums are expected to increase by 22 percent some even i think the wall street journal said 25 but so, you what you uh, i'm gonna address that yes, finish your thing yes. and then i want to address that point yes correct so it's expected to grow between 22 to 25 percent. And why is this happening? Well, for a couple of reasons, according to people who know things, not me, of course. <laughs> so what they're saying is that, well, Aetna and Cigna, two huge health insurance companies, they have pulled out. A lot of other insurance companies, they're just not getting enough enrollees. They were expected to have 22 million enrollees by this time. They only have 10 million people. And Obamacare, according to some people, seems more like an entitlement fund because the people who need insurance the most but can't afford it, they're using it because they get some kind of assistance. Everyone else, not so much. And for certain people, they're getting squeezed so bad, they're better off not having insurance at all. So, we're going to be talking about Obamacare, whether it's dying, why this is happening, should we switch to other um, insurance resources, and we want to make sure you guys are being heard. So give us a call at 212-650-6903. If you're still on Facebook Live, leave a comment, we'll get to you. Alyssa? Yeah, so I wanted to address the thing about the rising premiums bo- on both sides of the uh, of the coin, which is, um, you know, I was actually had the privilege to be on the phone call with the president about the Affordable Care Act earlier this week. And what's going to happen is that even though the premiums are going up, most people, in fact, seven in 10 consumers in the United States will also see their tax credit go up. So that's the thing you have to remember, which is the way that Obamacare works is that if you fall into this uh, area where you don't make um, you make too much money to be eligible for Medicaid, um, but you um don't get insurance from your employer, uh, then you may be eligible for a subsidy. Now, some people are eligible for subsidies and some people aren't, depending on how much money they make. And I'm going to talk about that in a second, especially in terms of my personal situation, um, just to give you a kind of how that works. But yes, it is correct that it's probably likely that the premiums are going to go up um, for the reasons that you mentioned. But at the same time, that also means that the tax credits are going to go up. So what you are going to see is that for most people, um, they are going to be able to find 
find if they just need, if they don't have a major health issue and they just want to get insurance for the just in case situation, they're going to find that there are most of, they're going to find, be able to find a low cost plan that's less than $75 a month once you include the tax subsidy. In addition, because the premiums are going up, more people are also going to be eligible for Medicaid. So, which also speaks to your issue about whether or not this might just be coming in entitlement program. Um, so, you know, like that's that's a really big thing, which is that we have to realize that 72% of the people are going to be uh, like eligible for a tax credit. Now, there are also people like me who are not. And so this is where the real problem comes in. You, when I, you, I'll tell you a little bit of a personal story for myself, which is about my health insurance. I have Obamacare. I don't get insurance through my job. But I also have some health issues, not anything very serious, not anything I want to get into on the radio, but health issue that requires me to go see medical professional about once a week and pay a $25 copay. So what ends up happening is I take a plan that costs about $500 a month because, uh, and it has only a 600 deductible because I'd rather pay more money up front in my premiums and less money out of pocket later on. But I also make too much money, even though I don't really make enough money to afford this insurance, I make too much money. So now I am no longer eligible for a subsidy. Now, I don't know if that's going to change once the premiums go up and I'm not going to be able to find that out until open enrollment opens up on the first. And it may turns, turn out that now because the premiums are going up, I may now be eligible for a subsidy. But there are a subset of people like me. We need to have health insurance. We have some kind of health issue which requires us to go actually seek treatment. So we can't take a catastrophic plan. We can't take a plan that has a $2,000 deductible because we actually need to use our insurance. And we also make too much money to be eligible for a subsidy, but we don't actually make enough money to to, to afford the insurance. The thing is, people like me, people in this boat, we're actually a really small number of people. Most people get their insurance through their employer, and their employer's health insurance is going to cover them. Something like 80% of people in this country get health insurance through their employment. The only, there's 20%, like the other, uh, maybe it's 70%. The other 30% either are eligible for Medicaid, are getting a subsidy, or are in the very, very, very small subset of people like me that make too much money to get the subsidy and don't make enough money to actually be able to afford the the insurance they need. So that's the thing. We really have to look at this as a complex picture. Obamacare also does great things in terms of making it such that you can still get health insurance if you have a pre-existing condition, making it so that mental health care is covered as part of your physical health care treatment. If we were to do away with Obamacare and go back to the private health care system we had before, all those protections would go away. The other direction we have to ask ourselves is, do we want to move towards single-payer health care? And I know we're going to get to that so I'm going to throw it back to Stanley. So before we even get to single payer, I do want to throw the question to you, Selena. So Alyssa did say a lot, but I want to kind of like just highlight a couple of things that she mentioned. That one, while the rates will be going up, so will be the um the the pre. While the premiums will be going up, so will be the assistance, and so will be the number of people who can get on Medicare. And while those things are true, that 85% of people who are going to see these premium increases are going to be okay, there is that, the rest of them, which Alyssa falls under, who are going to be hit hard. And there has to be a solution for that. Republicans don't want to do anything. So if the Republicans don't want to work with the president, and then they, they hold Congress and Senate in this next election... Does Obama need to go, Selena? No, no, not at all. And I think that the propaganda saying that we need to repeal Obamacare and then replace it with God knows what is the wrong direction that we need to take. Yes, 
The Affordable Care Act is not the end-all, be-all savior. It's not single-payer, and it's not, you know, we couldn't even get the public option um, passed along with it. So it's not a perfect health care law, but it needs to be worked on. And I think that Hillary Clinton and her policy and her platforms would do exactly that to continue to improve this law. Now, I want to say I was uninsured for about two years. Right. I am for the first time in my professional career. I have a full time job with benefits. But for a lot of my career, I was working as an independent contractor or freelancer, etc. So I didn't have health insurance until Obamacare. And honestly, it was the best thing coming. Um, I fell into, you know, that 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 bracket that Alyssa was talking about where for the first time, I'm getting health insurance, dental insurance, and, and vision. Everything was covered under one very affordable premium price. And now that I actually, you know, now that my employer does provide health insurance, um, it seems unaffordable. And I'm like, wow, this is like nearly 10 times what I've been paying for the last two years. I'd rather have the Affordable Care Act. I'd rather have Obamacare. So we do have some people who are commenting on politically preposterous. I want to give Alyssa a chance to read some of those comments. We do, but, you know, bef- I, I'm going to read them in just a second. And I just wanted to address something real quickly that Selena said, and it's something that the president talked about a lot on the call, which is that politics is the biggest challenge, that the thing is Obamacare is actually working. And as Selena points out, it's working. And as I point out, even though I'm in a position where I'm falling in that gap and unfortunately it's affecting me in a way where I have to spend more money that I can't really afford um, and it doesn't seem like it's working for me I have to realize I'm the tree I'm not the forest and on the whole it is working and that's what Obama was saying we really have to overcome the skeptics and we have to prove people wrong and we have to let Hillary Clinton start from a position of strength for the long term because we can't go back to the system we used to have we have to fix and continue to fix Obamacare and make it better and I know we're going to talk about solutions but getting to the comments um, because I know that's what, what uh, we are getting a lot of comments on politically preposterous. Odila Lay says we need to go to universal health care. Trying to accommodate the greedy insurance companies did not work. There are capitalist countries that exclude profit making from some industries such as health care. We should have universal health care. I believe affordable health care for every person in this nation is essentially for the well-being of all. We need to embrace preventative health care, health care education for all, and personal responsibility. At that point, we get a response from somebody who's conservative who says if we're going to exclude pro- profits from drug companies, how is they going to get money to do research and development, right? He's basically saying if we take away the profit motive, then we're not going to get new drugs because drug companies aren't going to want to do research and development because it costs money that they can't, they won't have. That's a big reason why conservatives say we shouldn't have universal health care. Well, Denise Sharp responded to Nicholas and she said pharmaceutical firms spend far more on marketing than they do on research. There is a lot of fat in pharma budgets that they can and should give to people who need care. And so they, she then posts an image, which you can go to Politically Preposterous and look at. It's from the Washington Post, and it talks about the number, the money that re, a big pharma spends on sales and marketing versus the money they spend on research and development. And what the image shows is absolutely correct. Big pharma spends almost three times as much money on marketing drugs, like all those commercials. Are you tired in the morning? Does your back hurt when you sit on the couch for too long? Do you like, need to drink water every day? Does, you know, are you having 
having problems because your wife is mad that certain areas of your body aren't working properly anymore. (laughs) (laughs) You know, like they spend three, four times as much money on that advertising than they do on research and development. I mean, like Johnson and Johnson spent 17.5% of their budget on on marketing and 8.2% on research and development. Novartis spent 14.6 on marketing and 9.9 on research and development. So what we're finding is even if you took away this profit motive, what you'd really be cutting into is not their research and development budgets because there would still be incentive to do research and development because, you know, assuming that we we assume that uh, that healthcare industry is supposed to do no wrong, right? Always help the Hippocratic Oath, right? And so what you're really cutting into with their marketing. But the thing is, like, drug companies shouldn't have to market because, like, people should be able to get the drugs they need. And that's the whole benefit to a universal healthcare system. I lived in England for six months. We can talk about that. I had universal health care when I was there. I was covered, even though I wasn't even a British system. And there are drawbacks, but there are so many more benefits. There are a lot of benefits, and that's one of the things we are going to talk about when we come back from our break, because we do have to go on a break at some point. The quick question I want to ask for Selena, I'm jumping back to you again, because you've now switched. So you, you had Obamacare, and now you're working with an employer, and they're covering health insurance. But how many other people do you know who are still like who are still t- getting Obamacare and like it's helping them? You know what? I I I don't know too many others. Really? Um that are still getting but I mean oh no what I mean personally I don't know, yeah. but I do know that Obamacare itself has been extremely helpful yeah. um to a lot of people depending on what bracket uh, what, what income bracket that they fall under. So I think that, again, it does need to continue. So, the, yeah, the reason that I ask that is because one of the biggest issues with Obamacare is not enough young people are enrolling. Mm, so people who, Maybe that's why I don't know anybody. Yeah. <laughs> so people who should be enrolling, they're not. And one of the plans that the president is talking about, and I think Alyssa mentioned this during our call, so I'll let her explain it, was that the White House is trying, now trying to get college students to enroll other people. Yeah, I'm going to talk. Uh, yeah, I, I want to talk about that, and I'll get to that in a half a second. But I do want to point out right now, more people have health insurance than ever before. Yes. Yes. There are so many people. There are people who are Republicans who voted against Obama, who have written Obama letters saying, I found out that I had cancer and, you know, I wasn't like, you know, I, or and I was able to get coverage that I wouldn't have otherwise been able to get. And even though I didn't vote for you and I thought that everything was wrong about Obamacare, like Obamacare has saved my life. There are so many people in that boat where Obamacare has literally saved their, saved their life. And we have so many people that are currently covered that would not have had coverage for otherwise for Obamacare. But I do want to talk for a second about what Stanley just mentioned, which is what's called the Healthy Campus Challenge. And so the Obama administration uh, in this last session, and hopefully it will go over into the Clinton administration um, come January 20th uh, after Inauguration Day, is this Healthy Campus Challenge, which they are challenging college students to compete against one another. And I mean colleges like, uh, for example, NYU competing against um, Columbia University competing against this to see which colleges can get the most students on campus signed up for health care. And I don't know if there's going to be like some kind of reward or whatever, and there might be where you like get to go meet Obama or something, but there's going to be some kind of incentive that these college kids are going to get um, to win this college campus challenge. And um, they are going to go around and they are going to have the most affordable options. And they're going to show some of these students that, you know what, if you are healthy and you don't need medical insurance, um, you know, on the regular, like somebody like me does, and you just want to have coverage, um, here's a low cost option yep. that you can get. And, you know, this is way better than not having insurance at all, because at the 
end of the day, it's better to have insurance than it is to not to have it, even if you think that it's cheaper to pay the penalty. That's very true, Alyssa. Thank so, you for that. You so, just never know. You're right. So, guys, we are going on a quick break. And when we come back, we'll be talking about the single payer and public options. This is Let Your Voice Be Heard. We are back on Let Your Voice Be Heard on 90.3 FM, WHCR, The Voice of Harlem. If you were just tuning in, we are talking about Obamacare. Is this the end of Obamacare? Will your premium prices go up because of Obamacare? Does Obama hate Obamacare so much he'd make Obamacare to destroy your Obamacare? All these questions and more will be answered on the next episode of Dragon Ball Z, because that's not what we're talking about here on Let Your Voice Be Heard. So, when we were closing this sec- the, um, the, the last portion of this conversation out, people kept mentioning... Single payer and public option. So for those of you who do not know what that is or who might not be 100% clear on that, I want to give you a quick explanation. So a single payer is a complete government-run health insurance system under which every single person is covered, kind of like Canada system or um, England system. The public option is a single federal insurance plan that will compete with private insurance companies, so like Medicaid or maybe the insurance plan that Congress and Senate gets. So those, that's the difference between both of those things. There have been a lot of debates between both sides on what we should do. So some Republicans have said that Obamacare isn't going to work and they have another option. I'm not clear on what that option is. <laughs> it, it's but the same plan that you know our former guest seems to think that Donald Trump has. So No plan at all. Um, Donald Trump has at times endorsed the public option. He's also endorsed single payer. And then he's also said that we should deport 11 million people. So who knows? Bernie Sanders has said that we need single payer. Hillary Clinton is now saying that single payer or the public option might be the way to go. I want to talk to you guys and see what you want. So let's start with Alyssa. So, I mean, listen, What I, I, I want single payer. And actually, I just want to point out, in some of those leaked things, it actually turns out Hillary Clinton has been for single payer for quite a long time. It's not like a new thing, uh, contrary to what a lot of people um, on the left would like to believe. Um, but, you know, I would like to see us go to single payer. Like I said, I lived in England. I found single payer to be um, the way to go. I think a big problem is people don't understand how it works. I mean, I got a phone call from a friend of mine the other day who considers herself to be pretty conservative. And she wanted to ask me some and she's she's a you know, she wants to ask me some questions from an objective perspective about Obamacare and about the difference between Obamacare and Medicaid and, you know, and single payer. And like we had to I was like, you know, before I can answer the question that you're asking, I first need to break it down for you. Like, what is single payer? What is this? And I basically had to explain to her the idea that what single payer is, is basically instead of you paying three, four, five hundred dollars a month premium uh, for your health insurance, instead, the government just takes takes like two fifty three hundred dollars out of your paycheck every month, just like they take money out of your paycheck for Medicare and Medicaid and unemployment and those other things that, um, you know, you are taxed on. And instead, you get government health insurance. It's essentially it's not really Medicaid. It's Medicare. What what elderly people are able to get government backed health insurance. That is essentially single payer. So we already have single payer in this country for elderly people. And it's called Medicare. And what we really need to do is expand it. But. I also realize the political will for doing single payer really isn't there because, as Hillary did point out when she was debating against Bernie Sanders during the primaries, in order for us to do single payer, we are going to have to scrap Obamacare and really start from the beginning. And so unless we are going to have a Democratic-run House and a Democratic-run Senate and a Democrat in the White House, there's just not going to be the political backing to be able to get single payer passed because conservatives are just so against it. They really are. Um, Now... 
The second thing I want to add to that is to the extent that we're not able to get single payer, which is what I really want, I do think Obamacare needs to be fixed. And I think that we as liberals need to acknowledge that Obamacare isn't perfect. It's not broken, but it's also not working completely. And there are things that need to be done to make it work better. And one of those things that we need is the public option. Because if we had the public option, then these private insurance companies would actually have to compete against the government. And if the government was offering a plan at a much lower cost and everybody was going to get the government plan and buying the public option, that if if the private insurance companies wanted to compete with that, free market, like conservatives always talk about, they would have to reduce their their plans, right? It's like if I'm selling uh, ice cream and you open an ice cream shop across the street and you're selling ice cream for less than I'm selling it and your ice cream is just as good as mine, people are going to go buy your ice cream, right? Well, if these private insurance companies now have to compete against the government and the government's selling the cheaper ice cream and it's just as good as the private ice cream, then the private ice people are going to have to make their ice cream cheaper. Well, their health insurance cheaper. Alyssa, you know, you just make it sound too logical. It just makes so much sense. It's so sensible. I mean, you just sound like you were running for office yourself because, I mean, to offer every resident in America the chance to be covered, um, their hospitals, their private doctors, uh, ambulance, everything. I mean, it costs so much money. And to say that, you know what, we could, there is a better way that this could be done and we can look at our neighbors in Canada or even uh, the um, United Kingdom that Alyssa talked about, but or France or any or Sweden or any other civilized country in the world, right? Cuba. That that has not seen their well, Cuba. Let's leave out of this because I want to say civilized countries that have not seen their freedoms restricted due to a healthcare system. Noted. And and the thing is, when we talk about the public option, I remember when Obama was uh, advocately pushing for this back in two thousand eight, two thousand nine, and Nancy Pelosi was heading the House at that time, and we were so close to actually getting something passed, but it all fell through. Well, and I wanted, you know, I mean, the thing is, I, we don't have any Republicans here to represent that side. But what they say is that you, know, when we put leave things in government hands. It doesn't always turn out well. And they'll point to how even when President Obama lost, right, the VA, or even when President Obama lost the ACA, the website itself was like a huge flop. So let, let's get a couple of things. I think you're being very nice about what Republicans would say. <laughs> what Republicans did say when they tried oh, yeah. to get the public option was we're going to have death panels and they're going to make they're going to take away your insurer and they're going to say that you can't get certain procedures done and it's they're going to put you on waiting lists lies. so that you can go get your, a tooth pulled. That's what they said. They use spirit tactics. So let's be very clear about that. I mean, and, well, and, no, go on. And yes. The website was, they were not prepared for the website. But you know what? The reason the website was not prepared for the influx of people was because other states were supposed to be having their own exchanges. And multiple states run by, guess what? Republicans, Republicans. refused to, to like set their states up. So those people who didn't have a, a, a website for their state had to go to Obamacare's website. Right. And, and you know, I, we're getting a comment on politically preposterous about that from Ron Cooper. He said the sad part is that everything in the ACA that is criticized over are the Republican compromises, yet it's Obamacare that gets the blame. And he's right, which is, you know, all the things that Democrats wanted that didn't make their way into Obamacare, like the public option, that would have prevented some of the things that we're seeing now are the compromises that they made with the Republicans because Republicans were saying, oh, public option, bad, da-da-da-da-da. Well, let me push back on you for a second, Alyssa. Push back on you and the comments about the way, thank you for commenting. It was a Democrat-run House and Senate. They pushed back because the Democrats, let's be very clear about this, have no backbone. Right. And when when the fair tactics from the Republican Party started to work, Democrats started to come after Obamacare. And that's why the public option lost. And because insurance companies pumped money into the pockets of these spineless Democrats and they caved in.
No, I think that's fair. I think that's still, but that still speaks to his larger point, which is because the Democrats made these compromises with Republicans, all these Republicans' ideas that the Democrats oh. compromised to well, are the things that are really. I wouldn't call it compromises. I would say they have no backbones, and they. And they that's fell fair. Sounds like they sold out. That's yeah, fair that's enough. Exactly but as it. for the website, I just also want to talk about that. So also on this call, um, after Obama finished speaking about the Affordable Care Act and about the Healthy Campus Challenge, um, they said that uh, you know the, they have definitely up updated the website, healthcare.gov. As Stanley points out, a lot of issues are about state websites, and that is also part of this compromise, which is they wanted to leave the states some autonomy to do this, and they didn't want it to be a government, a full federal government takeover of healthcare like a single payer would be, right? They wanted to give some states autonomy. And so in some ways, the states really screwed themselves up. But with respect to healthcare.gov and the problems that it has, many of those are going to be, have. oh, I'm sorry, all of those are going to be rectified for the new open enrollment period. It's going to be easier to find coverage and enroll and compare plans uh, b- about what's both in network and out of network. And it's literally going to be like when you go on to um, like kayak.com or like one of these websites where you're like trying to compare whether you should fly on American Airlines or whether you should fly JetBlue and you can like look at all these flights side to side and you can see, you know, do I get storage? Do I get leg room? Do I get a reclining seat? You know, like how many bags do I have to pay for or do I get a free baggage? Like, and you know how you can like line up all those options before you decide where you're going to fly and like is there a stopover well that's basically how healthcare.gov is going to be going forward they've made major improvements to the website it's going to be much more like shopping for a flight or shopping for car insurance or shopping for a hotel room um, and really easy to compare and contrast the different options and the different plans and the costs well so real quick guys if you want to call in with a question or a comment the number is 212-650-6903 again that is 212-650-6903 if you have something to say and you're on Facebook Live, leave a comment, we'll get to it. Selena? No, I, ju- I just wanted to add that it sounds like extremely democratic pro- process, the way they're going to do it, and it sounds like it's something that actually promotes capitalism in our country it because if you're comparing, um, you know, you have multiple options, you're comparing and you're going for what works with you, and it almost sounds like something that falls within Republican principles. So, I mean... It's because just- it is, because it's a market-based <laughs> system, because before it was Obamacare, it was Romneycare, right. because it's not a government takeover of health insurance because all of these health insurers are people in the private marketplace because there's no public option. You are buying insurance from private companies. This is a market-based system. That's why capitalism is involved. That's why the left has a big problem with this. That's why so many people want to have a public option or go to single payer. So real quick, I want to give a shout out to some of the people listening today. Kwanzaa, Billy, longtime friend, long-time oh, Kwanzaa, listener. Oh, Kwanzaa, yes. Kwanzaa, thank you so much for listening live from D.C. Jackie's listening from Paris. We love you, Jackie. No, she's actually we love you, ben. said she was in another country. She's in Spain. Spain. She's in Spain. I don't you, know. Spain love Norway. No, she Norway. said hi from Norway. Hi from Norway. Love you, Jackie. Um, everyone who's listening, thank you so much. Wait, We're you just, love Jackie this week? Shh, just, just today. So, I do want to switch gears slightly. We're talking about Obamacare. We're talking about all the improvements that they're making. Unfortunately, though, that, that 15 to 20% of the people who are going to get squeezed when the when, when the um, exchange opens up on November 1st, it's still an issue. And Republicans don't seem to want to work with the dem- Democrats. And Republicans had the majority. Even if Democrats are able to take back the Senate, it's not likely to get back Congress. So what do we do to help those people, to help the Alyssa's? Selena? I mean, I would say if we can address the problem state by state, if you are an elected official within your state and you can work with um, the state legislators there, then that would probably be the best option because Washington has pretty much put a, brung this to a halt. Uh, we know that Republicans 
Republicans, all they do is cry about repealing it. They have yet to present a clear plan to replace it with something, whereas Democrats are saying, you know, things that make sense, like, no, let's just make it better. So, I mean, if I was an elected official in New York, if I was Kristen Gillibrand, I would say, is there anything that could be done right here in New York? Right. No, I, I agree with that to a certain extent, but I also think that um, there are many things, as I already pointed out, that have to be done by Congress on the national level. I want to just read a quote that we're getting from Len Campbell on Politically Preposterous. He actually just posted a quote from Mark Twain, um, and that quote is, the reports of my death have been greatly exaggerated. Um, now, listen, if I was a politician, if I was um, a congresswoman, and um, I hope someday maybe I will be, um, what I would say, as I already said, is that the first thing we need to do is we need to have a public option. By having a public option, uh, we will give people the ability to buy into Medicaid. And when we do that, um, that will increase competition and will make it more likely that these private health insurance companies will have to reduce their rates in order to compete with the government because that's how capitalism works. It's supply and it's demand and it's competition. And the more people are competing, it drives down the rates, just like I talked about when I gave the uh, analogy about the ice cream. But the other thing I think we need to do is uh, we need to relook at um, the formula for determining who gets a subsidy and who doesn't. Um, obviously, like I said, there are people like myself that don't make enough money right now to be, um, you know, really be able to afford their insurance that they need, especially if they have some kind of health issue that makes it such that they need to use their insurance and that they can't take some kind of catastrophic um, or bare bones plan, um, but also are not eligible for a subsidy. So we really need to look at that and we need to take into the whole big picture like, are you paying student loans? Where do you live? Is the cost of living higher there? We need to re the, the government really needs to reassess the formula on how to calculate who is eligible for a subsidy. So I think two of the main fixes that really need to happen is a reassessment of who's eligible for a subsidy and the expansion of subsidies to people like myself who really, really do, um, can't, you really, really can't afford the insurance and really do need it, um, but really are not eligible and look at not just my gross salary that I get paid, but also the other expenditures that I have going out. And I, you know, I mean things like rent and student loans and not just like me going out and having 15 mimosas with Stanley over brunch, um, you know, along with the public option. Ultimately, I do think that we're going to need to move to single payer because I don't think a market-based system is sustainable. Um, but I also think we do need to realize there are drawbacks to single payer and we need to assess those uh, drawbacks and make clear to people what that is going to mean. Uh, while the reports of long wait times are greatly over-exaggerated, there definitely are like, you know, there are some things that are not the greatest about single payer, and we need to be upfront about those before. You know, we don't want to tell people that they, if they like their insurance plan, they can keep it when it turns out that's not true, because that was a major setback for Obama and a major setback when we're trying to convince people that are skeptical that they should get on board with this plan. Thank you so much for that, Alyssa. So we do have to close this conversation out, and I'm, I'm going to try my best to keep it very quick. Listen, eight years ago, there were at least 45 million people in this country who did not have some kind of health insurance. By the way, <laughs> Ashenet's phone just fell from our um, tripod. So that's the noise you heard. I just thought it was funny, so I'd mention it. But that, that noise you heard is pretty much the noise that everyone heard when they looked at their pockets after their, their hospital bill came in the mail because they didn't have health insurance eight years ago. 45 million people. Out of that 45 million, at least 15 million children did not have health insurance before Obamacare. Since we've gotten Obamacare, let me tell you some of the things that you have gotten because of it. Insurance companies can no longer reject you because of pre-existing conditions. Insurance companies can no longer count being a woman as a pre-existing condition. Insurance com 
Anyone who is under 26 years old can stay on their parents' insurance until they are 26 years old. And that 45 million number, there are now only between 8 to 10 million people without health insurance. We went from 45 million people in 2008, 8 years, to 8 to 10. So there's still 8 to 10 million people too much right now that we have. But obviously, the bill, it has helped. Because no matter what your politics are, no matter how you feel about people, no matter how you feel about health insurance, I think it is fair to say that everyone deserves the ability to go to the doctor to deal with an ailment. Because if they can't deal with it in an affordable way, we will deal with it in an unaffordable way through our taxes. Because you know who covers someone who goes to the hospital uninsured, who doesn't pay the bill? That comes out of your tax dollars. Affordable Care Act is not perfect and needs a lot of work, but it's better than what we had before, which was a net that had a hole at the bottom of it. So with that being said, guys, we're going to go on a quick break. When we come back, Alyssa will be giving us some facts on these veterans and those bonus paychecks. At 